episode 42, No Timeouts. It's me, Rodney. I'm back with the usual suspects. I think this is, what, three, four episodes in a row? Well, actually, no, nah, because Kyrie ducked it after the Ravens took that <laughs> nasty old L. But it's all good. John, Kyrie, we're here to discuss the Super Bowl. Uh, Deshaun Watson and maybe a little NBA if we if we got the interview for it at the end. How, how y'all feeling? I'm feeling like I'm, I'm feeling good. We stopped ducking and came out. <laughs> I would like to I would like to tell the listeners that I did not duck. Um, I would be 100 transparent to say I was very hungover. We not on ESPN. We not on Fox Sports. I, say that. <laughs> I was hungover as hell. I had to drink my sorrows away, but I ain't ducking though. And I'm here to defend my team. So yeah. Yeah, he was ducking. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bro, I had to send a straight bullet on the, to the podcast to, to legitimize his absence. That's wild. Hey, the killers, none of our teams are in the Super Bowl right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> at least, you know, so at least my team made it, you know what I'm saying, to the divisional round. But we'll, we'll get uh, so no they put the later play flight is what you're saying. <laughs> that's what losers say. That's all they. That's what losers say. When you get sent home early, <laughs> you know all you can say is we all we ball in the couch now. But it's all uh, it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Speaking of the Super Bowl, yes, neither one of our teams are in the Super Bowl. Bucks, Chiefs, as we all know. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about the quarterbacks. Like that's obviously the the most interesting matchup. You could probably argue this is the best matchup of quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. Um, definitely based off accomplishment, but probably just off of, you know, where they rank in the NFL as well. But my question for you guys is non-quarterback, who is your X factor in terms of who is going to win this game? John? <laughs> who wants to go first? John, let John go first. Non-quarterback. It can be, it can be a group as well, but, it, you know, there's no quarterbacks. I'm going to say the X Factor is really going to be. And it, it, it's kind of it, it's kind of funny because I struggled to say Travis Kelsey will be an X Factor because I feel like Travis Kelsey, no matter what, he's going to ball. But actually, I'm going to say this. The X Factor is going to be that defensive line. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's Frank Clark and Chris Jones. If they get pressure on Brady – and really, like, bring pressure all day towards Brady, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Like, just outright about it. Just pretty much outright. Like, I think if, if they don't give Brady and them enough time to really sit back there and throw and dissect the defense, then I think they're going to win because I don't think the Chiefs' secondary is very good. Um, I already said I – sta- I stated that, I think, at the beginning of the playoffs. I'm still saying it now. Like, their secondary is really just not that very – just not very good to me. But Chris Jones and Frank Clark get after the quarterback. Like, Chris Jones is disruptive in the interior. He'd be taking up two, sometimes three blockers all at once. And then Frank Clark, he'd be dominating the edge sometimes. Well, sometimes. So, I think that's really my X factor is Frank is mainly Frank Clark and Chris Jones, but just that, that, that front seven and what they do. Well, since John said literally what I was going to say, I was also going to say Chris Jones or Frank Clark. I think it all really – comes down to them because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes regardless. Even if you slow him down in the first quarter, second quarter, he'll come back. He's going to be Patrick Mahomes. So they really got to put the pressure on him, make him – I mean, I was going to say make him escape the pocket, but, you know, he's still dangerous then. So they really just got to get them sacks, really. But um, I will say instead I will go the Buccaneers secondary. And I say that because, like I said, Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey is going to be Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill is going to be Tyreek Hill. But 
if they can minimize the big plays, then I think that'll put them in a better situation for the entire game. So I will go ahead and say the Buccaneers secondary. And they show they can play too. So right, the secondary. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're gonna see. That's gonna be an interesting matchup to see how they you know, handle Tyreek because, you know, that first game he had 200 in the first quarter. They, they thought it was sweet. <laughs> you know, last week you, you missed it, Kari, when, when me and John were arguing over, you know, Tyreek and I think who was it, Devontae? Maybe it was, you know, last episode. Jeff Diggs. Yeah, Diggs. And I was, you know, and John John wasn't trying to give Tyreek his credit. Whoa, 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 whoa. I was he's not just a speed Tyreke. receiver anymore. He, he's you were saying, you was, first receiver. off, let's, let's, you, you were saying that Stephon Diggs was better off of it. <laughs> Yeah, I think he is. Nah, I can't see that. Nah, but, I disagree. <clears throat> yeah, I was, but in, anyway, I, I just wanted to get that in there. It has nothing to do with my point. It has nothing to I'll do get, with my point. I'll get my piece in on that debate after we discuss the Super Bowl. All right, but so my X Factor actually is similar to y'all's, but not quite because I think it's the other way around because although I do agree with your point, Kari, just in terms of Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes, you know, I think a lot of people are underestimating that Eric Fisher injury. You know, he's their star left tackle. You know, they had a lot of injuries throughout their offensive line throughout the year. They had, they even had a starter, you know, sit out because of COVID. Um, so they've been playing with their backups. But that, that left tackle, you know, is the anchor of your offensive line in a lot of ways, is the most important in terms of blocking the pass rusher, et cetera. So with Eric Fisher out, you know what I'm saying, and they don't have, they only have two weeks to kind of revamp their, their whole O-line in terms of who's playing left tackle and what. I, I, I honestly think that we could see an inverse. Like, everyone is is very concerned with Brady. You know, obviously, you know, he's not as mobile as Patrick Mahomes, but they but he does have more of a running game to lean on, I think, than Patrick Mahomes does. So, you know, I guess my, my X factor is just that matchup between the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers D-line and the Chiefs O-line because – that's the only hope they, they have, you know, I don't, you know, it's, I don't want to just concede that the chiefs are going to score 40, you know, they don't score 40 every week. So you have to look at, you know, the weeks that they don't, they didn't score 40 or 35, like what happened. And it's just like any other offense, it's pressure. And that's the only hope the, the bucks have defensively um, to me is, is, is bringing that pressure. And I think, like I said, people are, are really sleeping on that Eric Fisher injury. Like he's a top five, Definitely top 10 left tackle in the league. He was there all season. He was the one consistent player all year on that offensive line, and he just tore his Achilles. Uh, so I'm, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what kind of motions and screens and different things that they do to kind of get the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands quick because I don't see them I, – I don't, I don't see the game plan being the same in terms of letting – like Tyreek Hill going deep because, one, the Timber Bay – the Bucks are going to smarten up and respect him and have that safety over the top. And then two, I don't know if the Chiefs O-line is even going to be able to hold up long enough, you know, to have a long route like that developed. So so that's my X factor. But I think, yeah, in like, mo- like most NFL games, it, it comes down to the offensive line and defensive line in a lot of ways. And that left tackle position is a hard position to replace. Trust me. That's what I'm As saying. Like, you can replace <laughs> a center or a guard way easier than you can replace left tackle. Yeah. No, I actually agree. And I was kind of torn between saying the uh, Buccaneers defensive line or the secondary. I think, I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to the Buccaneers defense as a whole. You know, and right. well, how I'm, much I'm, can they contain? I was close to saying that Mike Evans would have been the X-Factor because it really depends on what Mike Evans shows up. 
Um, we don't know if Antonio Brown's going to play. Um, and Mike Evans, I mean, he's known to get a case of the drop seeds every now and then. You know what I'm saying? Probably more. To me, right. I mean, I had him in fantasy for two years in a row, and I had to trade him in the middle of last season. <laughs> oh, he does, you know, he has too many silent games. He's very talented. I think he's probably a top six or seven receiver, but I think it also depends on which Mike Evans shows up. Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, I, I feel like that as well, but Antonio Brown is back, so that'll – Oh, it's confirmed that he's playing? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's confirmed that he's going to play as well. So that'll that'll negate it a little bit. But, no, I feel you. I mean, he ultimately is their, their true number one. Um, But I'm looking for – I think Chris Godwin is going to be the one with the big game on that oh, Bucks. Yeah. I just I, – I don't – a large part of me just – I don't know. I don't see Mike Evans really showing up. I think Antonio Brown, if he's healthy, he's really going to show up because I think, I think Antonio Brown is going to carry a little bit more, a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder about getting to the Super Bowl and winning it because he's probably looking yeah. at it like, like I'll, I'll never forget how they compared Big Ben to being the father and everybody else in there in the locker room that year being like the kids, and I was just looking around and I was like, yeah, like this is a bunch of grown men. They're definitely not going to fly with that. Then I thought about, I was like, Antonio Brown definitely can't be okay with this type of comment. What is that? And so I know he wanted to leave. He wanted to go to New England. He wanted to play with Tom. That didn't work out. Now he's getting this second chance now to play with Tom in Tampa. He's going to want to get to that Super Bowl because I feel like it's going to be a way of saying, like, all right, I did it. I got there. I didn't need y'all like y'all thought I needed y'all to get there. Well, you kind of needed Tom Brady, too, but I feel that. (laughs) Um, I mean – and he's also playing for a contract as well. I'm sure he still has – he knows he has a few years left in his tech or whatever. So, yeah, I think he'll have a big game. So, kind of comes down to Mike Evans on the offensive side to me for the Buccaneers. Well, how do y'all feel about them saying it's going to rain potentially? Like, how do y'all feel like that may change the game plans and stuff? Because I feel like that 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 works in the favor of the Buccaneers a lot, to be honest. I feel like once it's raining and stuff, you might have to rely on your run game more. And I definitely – Trust the Bucks' run game more than the Chiefs' run game. So this is uh, I don't think that Tampa Bay front four is really that good to stop a running game. Like, let, and this is this is my thing. When they played the Packers, and I've been telling people this these last two weeks, I know the fix was in. I know the fix was in. Hold on, time out, time out, Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. You you will be here talking about conspiracy theories on my podcast. Uh, bro, it's not, a, it's not really a conspiracy. It's not. It's a little joke. It's mostly jokey, but a little bit of it is serious. But that's that's a story for another day. But all right. But on a serious note, they were not stopping Green Bay's running game. Aaron Jones fumbled twice. Granted, somebody showed me a statistic. Aaron Jones had not fumbled since week one of this year. Like, and he's been toting the rock all year. So for him to have two fumbles in one game. Like, I just I, I, I just didn't think that. That was the last thing I think anybody thought they were going to see. But when they brought in the backup, the backup was even running all over. It's just they got into a hole. And once they got out of like, – I feel like that's the big thing in the playoffs. Once you get in a hole, it's hard to climb out of that hole and win a game. It's, all, like, it's, it's damn near impossible. At least that's how I feel. Unless you got that top-tier quarterback and he just really comes in there and pulls off a miracle play – it's hard to get out of a hole that you put yourself in, especially in the second half. But in the second half, their running back was running all over them. And in my opinion, if Hilaire is healthy and you have Le'Veon, like I feel like Eddie Reed just needs to learn how to utilize his halfbacks. There are so many times when I look at that team and I'm like, yo, 
they could be running two dual halfback sets in the backfield. Like you have Hilaire and you have Le'Veon. Both of them can catch the ball out of the backfield, and both of them are different types of runners. I actually agree. I was going to say, Ronnie, I think they're kind of sleeping on the Chiefs running game. Uh, like, since no, it's, back. it's not that anybody's sleeping on them. It's just simply like – I like think this is more so for me about the offensive line than the running backs because I like the Chiefs' trio of running backs just as much as Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. That's not really the issue. Like I said, the Chiefs' offensive line is, is hurt a lot more than people are talking about, especially compared to the Bucks' offensive line. Like This is more of a comparison of offensive lines than running backs. But it's also Andy Reid running those dumb running backs. He'll, be, he'll run them up with a halfback dive out of the pistol, and I'll be like, what are you doing? Like, you could at least go into the eye formation or you can go into a trips bunch, anything. Why are you running them out of a pistol formation for doing a halfback dive or a halfback sweep? What are you doing? You don't have Chris Johnson back there, my guy. Like, like why would you do that? And it's just... Also, I want to – I say that um, a lot of people aren't really thinking about – I know Andy Reid now has his ring, but Andy Reid still has those questionable time management skills during the playoffs. He did last season. He did the season prior. So, Andy Reid's liable to make those mistakes if things aren't going his way. So, there's a lot of different factors that go – it's going to be a very interesting Super Bowl matchup. No, 100%. I just feel like the Chiefs kind of have, like, a such a finesse run game. You know, so I don't know. I feel like I feel like the the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay has front seven. I mean, I, like I hear you on the the Packers point, but I don't. I would think that the Packers run game with Aaron Jones is is way better than the Chiefs run game typically. Uh, even you know, even with uh, Jamal Williams their backup, like like the Packers have have a good running game. They just didn't run the ball a lot, especially with you know being in a hole. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll see, but I I, I do think that. You know, the rain, if it does rain, like how they're saying back to, I guess, my original point, that if it rains like how they say it will, I think it'll help the Bucks. I think that'll be another X factor that that may change some game plans. I don't know, you know, how how well, you know, you can throw across the field also in the rain at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah, and these receivers over in the Chiefs, they're not like finesse pass catchers and everything. These are all speed dealers. Like, these are banners that – We'll want to five and in or five and out or do a do a hitch and go like or a fly route or a post like and they kill you outside of Travis Kelsey. The I think if it rains, they're kind of um, their receivers are good at scrambling um, when the play breaks down. I think that kind of works in their favor in the rain. They're kind of good at playing that backyard football type. But so, they'll be slipping too. Yeah, I mean, the they, they slip. Yeah, I mean, it's either they slip or they don't. It's, it, you know. Yeah, true. So, so, so before we get to the prop bets, just real quick, I, I want to know who, what are our official picks? I'm I'll, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs as well, but I feel like so many people are taking the Chiefs and starting to scare me. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I agree because I thought that one of you guys was saying fucking there, so now I'm a little nervous taking the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little nervous. Um, it could go out of the way. I don't. I kind of. I don't know. I still kind of don't believe in the Buccaneers. I think they kind of overachieved the season, in my opinion. Even making it to the Super Bowl, I think they overachieved. I saw the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl from you know the beginning of the season. Uh, so I don't. I'm not 100% sold on them, but it's one game. So, <clears throat> but I think my official pick is the Chiefs. Ronnie, I'm gonna give you credit because I remember about three or four weeks ago, 
me and Kyrie, I think we we're talking about the Browns versus the Chiefs. And you were like, don't, you were like, stop overthinking this. Like, he was like, you were like, some people just, you get so consumed with things that like, you know, we start overthinking things. He was like, and I do that too. You were like, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Like, they're going to, they're going to beat the Browns. Oh, yeah. They're going to be whoever's next in front of them. And I think this is one of those type of situations where, you know, you start thinking a lot and you're like, dang, like, and I feel like, I feel like it's really more of a superstitious thing. Like when you see a lot of people betting on right. one side. It's the underdog. Like, like, it's just, I, something's going to go wrong. Nobody needs to go wrong. But if the Chiefs are all 100% healthy, I definitely think the Chiefs walk away with the win. Yeah, Sammy Watkins is supposed to be back as well. Ooh, that's a that's yeah, an added effect, actually. Yeah, Sammy Watkins is supposed to be back. But like I said, the only thing that makes me nervous is that offensive line, you know, no left tackle. They're now down. That's their fourth starter, you know, from like from preseason, you know, preseason starting five. That's their fourth one. So they really got a bunch of guys mixed up. So that's that's the only avenue that they could lose if, if, if the Bucks, you know, are just really just causing havoc. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. So, all right, real quick, let's let's get some prop bets going real quick. See see how y'all feel about these. Um, first, Patrick Mahomes over or under two and a half touchdowns. The odds are the same at minus one fifteen. Over, I think he gets three touchdowns. All right, <clears throat> these only passing touchdowns or just overall touchdowns? Passing touchdowns. I think he gets three. If it rains, I think it's under. I, think For real. I don't know, man. Like, Patrick, even if it rains, man, Patrick Mahomes, he has three touchdowns more often than not. <laughs> yeah, I would probably go over because they, cause they be doing those, like, underhand shovel passes at the goal line. Yeah, they touchdowns and shit. Yep. Those joints be, be geeking me. <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy just runs across and he just, like, pats it in front of him and it counts as a forward pass. He just swings that joint like a like a softball pitch. Yeah, yeah underhands it. All right, same, we're going to stay with Patrick Mahomes. Over or under, same odds. Again, minus 115. And those who are not familiar with odds, minus 115 means you have to bet $115 to win $100. Um for those listening who may not know. So over under passing yards, Patrick Mahomes, 327 and a half. Under. I think he gets probably around 280. Keep it keep in mind that he had like 460 the last time they played. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not gonna lie. I'm going over. <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> I think he's he is so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's I just just for proper context. I'm going over. I'm still- I'm going. I'm going 280. I, I just have a feeling. I think they're gonna play a lot of situational football. I don't think, like I said, I, I'm hopeful that the Buccaneers aren't gonna let up a lot of big plays like they did. They're not gonna let Tyreek Hill get 200 yards in the first half again. Hopefully, um, or maybe I don't mean I don't care. The Ravens. They're not playing the Ravens. I don't care what happens. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna probably, probably go. I'm probably go under as well. But I think it's gonna be right under. I think he, he'll be over 300 for sure. But I think he'll be around like 320. Is, is what I'm thinking. But I think he'll be over for the passing touchdowns as well. Um, over, under, 0.5 interceptions. Over, plus 140, under, minus 170. So the odds are saying that under is more likely. Or at least the money is saying that. More people are betting the under of 0.5 interceptions. So he has to throw at least one. No, I think, I think he throws one. He throws one. I think he throws one, too. I don't think he throws one. Oh. 
You think it's gonna it's right. gonna rain. If it's gonna rain, you know, it's the it can but bounce it, off a receiver's hand and that can be an interception. The fact that it's gonna rain, I think that they're really gonna just I think they're gonna throw a lot of underneath stuff. Yeah. Which goes to which goes to my next over under person who I think is a lock for over for both of these, Travis Kelsey. We'll start with receptions first, over under seven and a half. Oh, over. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The over is, which is crazy to think about because seven and a half is, is no, low key a lot that, for a that's tight like, end, typically. Yeah. But I mean, he's different. But you know what I mean? Like seven and a half, assuming someone is just going to have eight catches in a game, is kind of a lot. I think you've already like yeah. <laughs> I expect Kelsey to get all of those. Uh, every I expect him to get at least eight catches. At least. I mean, he had like eight catches in the first half against Buffalo. So uh, you know, <laughs> every feel- time you say stuff like that, it just blows me. You know, like he did Over under for Travis Kelsey. These odds are even minus one fifteen. Over under ninety seven point five receiving yards. I'm thinking that. I think he gets one hundred and five. Yeah, I think I think he gets 100 yards for sure. I'm going over as well. I'm going under. Oh, interesting. I think he gets like 90 yards, but I think he picks up those key first downs like he did last, like he did the last game against the Bills. Right. That's probably. Yeah. That's I mean, granted, he had like 120 against the Bills, but I hear you. Uh, Tom Brady, same odds, minus 115 for the over/under, 296 and a half passing yards. Mm, under. Mm. Under 296. I'm going under. Yeah. I'm going to go over as well. Well, you're going over, Ronnie? I think. Yeah, I'm going over. I oh. think they're going to be playing from behind. Not like. It's easy to shut London for down and Ronald Jones down, too. So they'll probably, in my opinion, I think. I mean, it just depends on what version of Leonard Fournette shows up. Um, <clears throat> He could go for 90 yards. He could go for two. So I think if they get shut down early, then they'll be passing a lot. And he will he could get over 300. But I think I think he goes for like two, 270, 275, 280. Okay. Over under, same thing as Mahomes, 2.5 passing touchdowns. Under. Uh, over. Over is the is one plus 140. He's the underdog here. Of the over under, uh, these are all like William Hill odds. Damn, two point five. Hmm. I think I'm gonna go under. I think he's gonna get two. I think he's gonna like QB sneak one in or something for his third or something like that. Like I can see him having two passes, yeah. one <laughs> random rushing touchdown or something. Yeah, that's very Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, very very Tom Brady. Um. We'll stick with Mike Evans here. Oh, these you would feel like these are easy over under four and a half receptions for who? Mike Evans for Mike Evans yes. <laughs> over. But I could see him. I, like I said, it depends on what my. I understand that actually. It depends on what Mike. I Evans mean, sometimes he'll have like man. three catches and eighty yards. Yeah, he definitely. He definitely. You know, he might. Ha- he might have three receptions for like seven targets, but they might go for like eighty yards or something like right, that. Right, exactly. Uh, Chris Godwin, five and a half receptions over under. Over. Yeah, I'm gonna go over. I think he gets five. I'm gonna go over. I think they'll be throwing the ball to a lot of different receivers. 
because they're still Scotty Miller, you know. Um, they got another kid that's pretty okay. So. Okay, here, here we'll only do a couple weird ones. Which team will score last in the game? Buccaneers. That's plus 100, so those are the slightly better odds. Yeah, I think uh, they'll be losing. So, I mean, somebody's going to score. The losing team always scores in the fourth quarter. Just some fake comeback story or whatever, and then something will go wrong. Throw an interception, a fumble, or something like that. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think that they'll be up, and so the, the Bucks will have to score a touchdown. They can't score a field goal because it won't matter, and then so they won't get a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> that's possible, too. Hmm. I think it's interesting because I don't I don't think it's gonna come down to a last minute score. I don't think it will either. I'm gonna think I, I'm gonna say it's gonna be the Bucks though. Because even actually, you know what? I'm gonna say it's the Chiefs. Because like with Mahomes back there, Andy Reid be feeling kind of bold. So I could definitely see them up by like by 14 in the fourth. And just try and put them away. They go forward on fourth down or something while, and then Mahomes. <laughs> I can see that. Like just to put it away. Like just to like let them know, like, hey, it's game time. Like <laughs> I love how all of these are very sad stories for the Buccaneers. Like none of these are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very wishing the worst. I want Bruce Arians to succeed though. I'll be feeling bad. Like, that's my guy. Yeah, uh, not a day. Sorry, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, let's do let's do one more that I think is the most interesting one. Successful two point conversion in the game? Yes or no? Yes, it's plus one ninety five. Yes. Across both teams? Yes, either any team just has to have yeah. a successful two point conversion. Yes, it'll be the Buccaneers too. You think so? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with no. I think someone will try it. I don't think they'll get it. I just I think, that's, that. I'm I think that goes back to um, how I said, you know, in the fourth quarter they'll have some fake comeback. You know, they'll score the touchdown. They'll get the two point conversion. Oh and yeah. Everybody's like, oh, the Buccaneers are coming back. Don't count Tom Brady out. And then Pat Mahomes comes on the field and puts it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what I think will happen. Cool. Well, that's our Super Bowl analysis. You know, after just a very quick break, we'll uh, talk some, some basketball. All right, we're back. You know, I said we we're going to talk some NBA, and we are going to talk NBA, so I'm not a liar. However, you know, we had a, a quick audible, you know, special requests from Kyrie. Going to do a quick segment, uh, talk about our team's um, our respective NFL teams, um, you know, Colts, Steelers, Ravens, uh, in terms of, you know, how they disappointed us in their own unique ways and how they can look to improve themselves to not disappoint us next year. Um, I don't know. Kari sounded the most disappointed, so I'm going to let him go first. You know, I am the most disappointed. Um, I, <laughs> I had very high expectations. Well, okay, I didn't have very high expectations for the Ravens this season, but I did. And in a way, they didn't disappoint me. You know, I sound a little spoiled. We made it to the division round of the playoffs after we looked abysmal in the middle of the season. Um, and we ended off pretty strong. But uh, for sure, for majority of the season, I was on the fire Greg Roman train. 
Um, but I don't think I want to fire Greg Roman. I think I really like the running schemes that he draws up. We have a, an amazing running game under him. He really specializes in that. But we need to hire some, like, passing game coordinator or something. We definitely need to find a number one receiver. Um, Willie Sneed, Hollywood Brown, and Miles Borkin are not it. Um, especially not James Prochet. Not, I like Devin DuVernay. We should utilize him a bit more. Uh, we definitely got to draft the center because we can have snaps like that all over the place. We got to get somebody to work on Lamar's mechanics. Uh, and I guess so the pass rush. Um, so who you want as the number one receiver? Who's out there? Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay? I'm liking, I'm liking Allen Robinson. Kelly Galladay, man, he's too fragile. He never plays the whole season. I like Allen Robinson. I think he's a good player. Where he's fragile. I had him in fantasy the last two years. <laughs> he never plays. But um nah, I think I like Allen Robinson. A lot of people want to sign Will Fuller for whatever reason. I've seen that a lot. I do not want Will Fuller at all. Um I just don't know if we have the money for Allen Robinson, but Eric DeCoss is good at figuring his budget around, so We'll see. But, yeah, I, I'm really on the Allen Robinson track. That's what I'm liking. John? Yeah, I think that's about it for me. <laughs> so, the defense, you know, you, oh, you got cool. I'm cool with the defense, man. Our secondary is really good. Um, I like our safeties. They're not amazing, but I like them in their roles. I think we could let go of Yannick. He doesn't really do much for us. I know he came in the middle of the season, but I don't really know if it, um, his skill set really suits Winks. Um, schemes. Um, and then we got a. I think we probably franchise Matt Judon again if we can. And yeah, hopefully Calais Campbell doesn't get hurt next season. And yeah, I think we're good on defense aside from that. John, what you think? About the Steelers, not the Ravens. Don't say nothing about the Ravens. Well, I, I, I think y'all need to give a blank check to Allen Robinson, but that's besides the point. <laughs> we do, man. I'm with it. Uh, I definitely think y'all should fire Greg Roman, but the longer y'all don't, the better for us, I guess, or or the Browns too. So, <laughs> um, the Steelers, I think we need to get rid of Brian Butcher. Uh, he's not a good offensive coordinator. Uh, I don't know if anybody figured that out yet, but I, I definitely want his head on a on a spike. Um, <laughs> man, send, send, send that man to the guillotine. Well, I feel you. The fuck out. That's what I was saying about Giro. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, you, but you really just, I, I don't know, maybe he paying you off in some way to be, nice, to be nice to him, I guess. I don't know, but I need Brian Butcher gone. Like, like, he, <laughs> like all of the spread, spread spreads we be running for, like, I just be I be looking at our play caller, and I just be like, "Hey, Mike, you, Mike, you haven't looked at this and been like, yeah, this looks like completely stupid. Like, this looks utterly ridiculous. Like, why are we doing this?" <laughs> so, what I really need though is I need like I know we signed Dwayne, and I told and I said I I told Ronnie about this earlier this year. I like Dwayne Haskins, like I do. I just think he's I think he came into the league and he wasn't mature enough. That boy but, ass. See and. See, people say stuff like that, but then, like, if I turn on some game tape of Dwayne Harrison with the skins, you'd be like, damn, that's a tough-ass throw. Or, damn, that's a dot. Or, like, he'd be dropping dimes. But I He's think in the NFL. Everybody could drop a dime here and there. Nah, not necessarily. But but my main thing is, for, for he made a lot of throws that Alex Smith couldn't make. Now, he made that's some mistakes here and there, too, but – I really think the main issue with Haskins was his maturity. Like, he just wasn't mature for it. He was not ready 
to be an NFL player. He needed to stay at Ohio State for one more year. He no, I, I largely agree with you for real. I tell my um my Washington friends all the time that Haskins isn't he's still had potential, you know. Like I really think maybe not a Washington, but somewhere. That offense is just that offense is kind of is is hinky. I don't and the culture there just wasn't really built correctly when he got there. Versus he's coming to Pittsburgh. He's gonna sit for it. Like he's gonna sit pretty much this entire year. Like like we're not gonna play this man. But I don't want us to bring Ben back. Like, I really do not want that. Like, even with a Paker. Like, I was talking to Ronnie about it earlier. I think we really need to – we need to just cut ties with Ben. Or he could come back, like, as a, as a quarterback's coach or something and, and give some information and insight to, like, to, to Haskins. I also don't want Mason Rudolph playing quarter – starting at quarterback for us ever again. So, um, I would really much so love for us to go after a quarterback. But – we don't have enough capital to get Deshaun unless we gave away five first rounders, which I wouldn't even be that. I wouldn't even be upset about that. Like I would be. Y'all can spare five first rounders for sure. No, I would be perfectly fine with that. But I don't <laughs> do it. Like we're not gonna. We wouldn't pull a trigger like that. Then the Texans would look at us and be like, "Fool!" Like so, we can pick at the end of the at the end of the first round every year. Yeah, good night. <laughs> like not not a chance. Because uh, I think I really, in all honesty, I think we're really. Because the same way the Chiefs are playing the roulette with the offensive line, we did the same thing all year. Like Marquise Pouncey went out due to COVID. Villanueva went down with an injury. Uh, Gilbert missed time with an injury. The Castro went down with a bicep injury, came back, and then went back out. So, like, I think we really, like, had the whole shuffle with the offensive line. But I think if we get our offensive line back completely healthy, if we bring Juju and Chase and everybody back, and everybody gets on the same page and just becomes a more serious collective unit. And if we bring in a quarterback that will not turn the ball over three times in the first half every week. So who do you want? What quarterbacks are available that you would like on the field? I would be OC. I would be. Same thing for Rodney too, I guess. I would be ecstatic <laughs> with us trading for Wentz or Deshaun going after Dak. Like the thing is we don't have enough money for Dak. That's why, we're trying, that's why we're trying to give a pay cut to Ben because we're looking at – but also Ben's not worth the money he's asking for either. That's the other thing. But we don't have the well, money. He said he's going to get a pay cut. Well, he, he claims he'll take a pay cut as much as he needs. He you know what that means. He gonna, he gonna <laughs> he's saying he's going to go to 30. Like, like get, go ahead with that, fool. Like, leave me alone. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not paying you 30 either, fool. You're crazy. But in all seriousness, though, I don't – I think Ben has already turned the page. Like, he's already, like, turned the page on that. I, I really think, like, like in a perfect world, we would offer the Texans whatever they want for Deshaun, and they would take it without us having to sacrifice the key cogs on defense. Well, I'm hearing right now that Carson's going to Chicago, so y'all might be out on that. That wouldn't even shock me. But if Carson goes to Chicago, y'all can kiss Allen Robinson goodbye. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If they if they bring Carson there, they'll franchise tag Allen Robinson before they let him leave. Yeah, that's true. That was a receiver. Yeah, I don't know. There's not too many receivers. Only three I know that are notable right now are you said Robinson, Galladay, and then like Marvin Jones Jr. I know is a free agent as well. I'm good off Marvin Jones. He's cool. I mean, I I'm good off Jr. I don't want no steals, bro. <laughs> better receiver than y'all got right now. You're not better than Mark Andrews. We'll go ahead. 
<laughs> oh, T.Y. Hilton. I'll take T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> yeah. I think T.Y. Damn, hey, nah, there's really nobody, man. T.Y. Hilton? That's... So you... Bruh, if we can't get Allen Robinson, I mean, that's our only choice. Time out, time out. But you said you don't want Juju, but you'll take T.Y.? That's that, that that's it? Bruh, I'm that's just talking. It? Obviously, I will take Juju Smith. Do you see who we're throwing the ball to? Willie Sneed is our number one receiver. Yes, I will take Juju Smith-Schuster. Come on, now. I'm just talking for the podcast, man. Like, shit. Hey, first off, don't be disrespecting T.Y. He just needs a quarterback in his life. Exactly. Come on over to Baltimore. RJ, T.Y. T- is over the hill now, bro. It is- I mean, nah, I, I, I agree. He knows yeah. no scrub, but, yeah, he's not no number one receiver no more, neither. He used to be, though. He used to be, hey, he used to be. A, oh, no, he used to be that guy. But I, I'm just saying, you know, he fell off. He fell off when Andrew Luck left, too. So, I got to see him with a good good quarterback. Wow. You don't think Philip Rivers is a good quarterback? Come like, on, bro. It's like, no. Nah. It's like, no. Nah. <laughs> I guess but, I'll but, take Kenny Gallagher or Chris Godwin. I'll throw whatever Chris Godwin wants. They're not going to let him go. But. Yeah, shit, we going to see. I mean, anything – I mean, for the Colts, it's pretty self-explanatory. They just, just need to find a quarterback. You know, how they going to find a quarterback? You know, who knows? They drafted – their 21st – their pick's 21st. So, you know, I can't see them drafting a quarterback in the first round. I think they're all going to be gone by then. I think the only quarterback that's even in that range is, like, Mac Jones, and I do not like him. Um, not Not a Mac Jones fan. Um, and I'm not too familiar with any quarterbacks that are going in the second or third round. You know, they got Jacob Eason, who they drafted in the fourth round last year, but I have no idea nor confidence if he's good at all. You know, I guess they could bring back Kobe Brissett, who I don't think got a real fair chance to play, but like he's only but so good, even at his best. So yeah, he definitely has a ceiling. Yes, it's like he's his ceiling is pretty comparable to Phillip Rivers. He's just a little different, but like they're pretty comparable in terms of how far you're really going to get with those with those guys. So, I mean, I don't know. I saw something that, you know, Colts trade a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. I I'm surprised you guys going to go after Carson Harder uh, because of I, Frank I think, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the Eagles don't want to trade him right now anyway because of because if they trade him before March, I think it's 16th, then they have to, to – it's like a big salary cap hit on them. Um, uh, it's like a certain date that they have to trade him, like they can't trade him by um, – if they do want to trade him in, in terms of their salary cap. Um, yeah, they say, oh, yeah. You know what? I think you're right. Because if they for that, they have to actually eat a chunk of the salary, I think, for the upcoming Yeah, season. exactly. Because he just signed the extension. Um, like a lot of his signings, something like that. So, so, that's, so that's the thing is kinda, you kind of have to wait on him a little bit, probably something closer to the draft. You know, I, I really would have liked Stafford, but obviously I'm going to say y'all should have went harder for Matthew Stafford, too. Yeah, yeah no, apparently they didn't – they weren't really going that hard for Stafford from from what I read. Like, they weren't even really trying to offer it first um, from what I read. So, we'll see. I know Jim Ursay definitely wants a veteran. So, I don't – I can't see us, like, starting a rookie or anything. I mean – like Alex Smith. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I'd rather have Cody Brissett. I'd rather have Jacoby Brissett and Jameis Winston bat- battle it out for the starting spot. But, Jay- hey, Jameis nah, is actually Jameis, the- That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll y'all might a, want Jameis, bro. I'll take a flyer on Jameis for a year. I'll take, I'll, take a, I'll take a flyer on Jameis and see what he's talking about for a year. You know, a year of maturity on the bench. 
cut down on the turnovers. But we'll see. You know, there's always that inkling behind the scenes of Andrew Luck coming back, but I refuse to set myself up for that that sort of failure. Yeah, don't look forward to that, man. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even going to set myself up for that. But, you know, that, that's always a thing. Back. That's always a thing. I mean, pig's line is always a thing, too. But, I mean, he's not walking through those doors, Ronnie. I mean, look, man, I didn't make the rumors. I'm just telling you what I see on Twitter. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? I'm just acknowledging what I see on Twitter. So, we'll see. I have no no sort of plan of action of what they're going to do other than bring Jacoby Brissett back in terms of quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I, I have no idea. But So, it, it looks like it might be more of the same of this year next year. A lot of, a lot of defense, a lot of running the ball. Ten and Looks six, you know, could be worse. It could be worse. It could be a lot worse. At least we all have competitive teams in here. You know, nobody's a fan of the Washington franchise. You know, nobody. Nobody's a Cowboys fan. Yeah, so that's cool. That's not the real problem. All right. Well, <laughs> well, now, now, now that we're talking about people that root for shitty teams, we can move on to the NBA. That's crazy. <laughs> that, that's wild as hell, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, bro, you just really threw a straight his way for no reason. Like, that is – For real, bro. That really caught me off guard. I readjusted in my seat. That's what we call a segue in the podcast business. I almost dropped my car, man. (laughs) That's what we call a segue. (laughs) Um, Yes, so the Dallas Mavericks, they lost again last night. They got killed. They they let Let Kelly Uber give them a 40-piece. Let me tell y'all about that game last night. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what's up with Rick Carlisle. I don't know why he is so stubborn, but James Wiseman was not playing last night. So why was Chris Porzingis fading on every pick? Like, every single one. Why, bro, why is he not attacking Chris the paint, bro? Chris Dabbs, that's not no, – no, 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 no. In New York, man, he was more aggressive. Ever since he came to Dallas, all Rick Carlisle wants him to do is shoot threes. He's 7'3 three for no reason. None at all, bro. Like he, he's a big. When when he he doesn't get as many blocks anymore. Like he just plays soft. I don't know what's up with KP, man. And then uh, Josh Richardson. Don't get me started on him. He's a flop, bro. Good man <laughs> off my team, bro. Like, for real. Like he averages eight points a game. We signed him for perimeter defense. He hasn't been good at that. Luca is somehow our best defensive player. How? How does that happen? Luca Doncic should never be your best defensive player on any NBA team. And it's just, man, <laughs> I don't know, man. We shouldn't have traded Seth away. I don't know what we were thinking with that. That was stupid. Um, yeah, Thank man. you. Thank you. Thank you for Seth. That was stupid. No, I, I man. And for Josh <laughs> Richardson. Thanks. Thanks for both. <laughs> he is, he's garbage, bro. It's just like, there's a couple of people on this team that can go, man. Like, the whole team, for real, man. Dorian Finney-Smith is a flop. Um... Maxi came back, so I mean he had to get back in game shape. I, I like Maxi. Uh, Dwight Powell's a flop. Um, man, this team sucks. I mean that's all I can really say. <laughs> I don't have any word. I think we do. I think we'll make a playoff push at probably like the eighth seed or something like that. I see a lot of the teams in the West falling off as the season progresses, but I don't know, man. And then Luca, he's always crying. Uh it's hard hey, to watch you, you, see, you see Cuban told, told Zach Lowe F you because he, cause he said that Luca was a whiner? I, nah, I didn't see that. <laughs> nah. Zach Lowe was on his podcast and said Luca's Luke, Luke turning into a whiner. And, and Mark, Mark Cuban was like, like, shut up. Like, you're full of shit. You don't know shit. Oh, nah, this <laughs> all bad, man. What is going on with this organization, bro? <laughs> he, said, he said, fuck you, Zach Lowe. 
<laughs> that's funny as hell. I mean, Zach Lowe didn't lie, bro. Like, every – he doesn't, like – And that's the thing. It's like sometimes it'd be valid. Like, sometimes it was a foul, but it's just like, all right, man. Like, but you got to keep it moving, bro. Like, right, you do like, it 12, 14 times a game, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just got to keep it moving, man. They ne- they don't change the call. It's like, come, like, come on, man. Now it's four on five on the other side, Luca. Come on, bro. <laughs> I think – I really think what it is is he's not used to losing. Like that's exactly what he's too young. He's immature. People think he's mature because he's like European or something. But like he's twenty one. You know what I'm saying? Like I he's won all his life. I think he won he's MVP like, in the Euroleague. He's like, dog, we getting busted every night, like by anybody, dog. Like, what are y'all doing? His <laughs> teammates, like, like young. Can you can you do something, my guy? Like, my G, you you really you really sicing it right now. You, you oh of nine from the field, really terrible, bro. Actually. Yeah. Y'all could talk. Let me look up these stats from the last night so I can correct them. <laughs> <laughs> I got some choice words for this team. I mean, I just really want to say the B train is still rolling. He's definitely different. But, Ronnie, also to your point, I think what you said about the Bill and Ben Simmons trade is actually very true. I think if we traded Ben at this point, it would probably de- – our team would, would disintegrate from, from the top down. Oh, yeah, y'all are just lost without him the other night, without him um, running the offense. They look lost out there. Like, and I th- but I also think it's more so because I think with Ben running the offense, everybody knows their place on the floor at this point. But without Ben running the offense, nobody really knows their place on the floor when Embiid is on the floor. Because Embiid commands such a large presence when he's out there it's hard for the other players to maneuver around and be like, all right, let me go to this spot. I know this is my spot. Dang, now I'm too close to Embiid. Let me roll out and go to another spot. Like, it's like things like that. So with Ben running the offense on the floor, it kind of, like, gives everybody a chance to be in a spot or space they want. Then, like, Ben actually do be getting into the thick of the defense and passing the ball out. And then they make, like, you know, like a hockey pass. Like, you pass it to one person in the corner and then they pass it back out to the person that's going to be open. Like, things like that that happen. So, like, I mean – like, Rodney, I think you were right. I think we, I don't think we should trade for Bradley. I don't think we should give up Ben. If there's a way we can get Bradley Bill without giving up Ben, then I'm all for it. But you could probably trade yeah. Tobias Harris and somebody else. Bro, they uh, would not. If they took Tobias and two first round picks <laughs> for Bradley, when I say I'm, I would, I would, I, bro, I would drive to Philly. I would pick <laughs> Bradley Bill up in DC, drive to Philly, and I would real live drive Tobias Harris back to DC. Like, <laughs> I'd be chopping it up with him in the car, too. I'd be like, hey, fool, that's crazy, bro. You it wouldn't know. happen unless he requested a trade, but he's not requesting a trade right now. Right now. But, yeah, they're you know. saying that Brad Beal don't want to get traded in the middle of the season because of the COVID and his family and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Is that why? Yeah. That's what that's – oh. what, who said that? Who does hear that from? I thought it was some uh, team loyalty type thing. <laughs> I mean, that, that's also part of it because, like, they, they have gotten, they've had a lot of COVID in players, like Russell Westbrook's been injured. So he is also trying to give them, like, a, like a chance to kind of get it together. Like, it's early. But uh, but who said this? Kevin O'Connor said it on The Ringer. was like – was that he had heard that another factor was just the fact that it's COVID and that he has a family and, like, a young child and he just, like, just doesn't want to move in the middle of the season. Which also makes sense. Yeah. I respect that because I mean I would want out of Washington. That team is a oof, train wreck. I don't <laughs> care if injured or not, bro. Like he's yeah, no, nah, I don't need another undersized center on the floor. I already have a center on the floor. Yeah, him going to Washington just never made sense in the first place. I know they had to do what they had to do to 
I guess if they wanted John Wall gone, but <clears throat> which looks terrible, you know, because Jimmy is out there in Houston murdering people, like <laughs> doing anything. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's all bad for uh, Brad Bill. But I don't know, man. I I don't know what the Mavericks do. I'm I'm kind of like a I'm losing investment into the season <laughs> as each game passes. Um, so I don't know. How are the Spurs looking, man? I haven't really watched them at all. You know, I kind of – I haven't watched the Spurs since Tim Duncan left, honestly. <laughs> that's, so. a, that's hilarious. Uh, no, they're actually, they're actually pretty solid. They're 12 and 10, you know. They're, like, around the seventh seed, I think. They're, you know, got a couple of good young players. I like they're they fit – they have a better team. They play Aldridge less. Because for a while, you know, it was Aldridge and DeRozan, obviously, the best two players. But when they were on the court together, they they didn't do well. But when they were on the court – individually they did better so I you know it was hard for me to tell whose who's fault it was and now it's very clear that it's Aldridge, it's Aldridge that has to go you know he's on yeah. the expiring contract but we're gonna have to just write it out with them so that's really the main problem is they, they just don't have any size you know they only have two players worth anything that's over like six seven in Aldridge and Podal and like both of them are average I suppose if you combine them into one player to Podal's defense and Aldridge's offense you would have one great player but now you have two, two mediocre players. Uh, so it's not ideal. But like I said, they have a good group of young guys with DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, who should have been playing last year. It's a guy named Travesty that Pop had on the bench. I don't know what – like Pop uh, – I don't even want to start with him. But <laughs> Keldon Johnson finally playing. He, he's good. You know, so they have, they have good players. Like Lonnie Walker is still cool. Patty Mills still does his things. They're like a I'm solid team. Like, I guess definitely making the playoffs. I'm, you know, they'll be they'll they'll be competitive, but they need a big man bad. They need a, a really a power forward and a center. I mean, they can play Keldon Johnson or even DeRozan sometimes at like the small ball four or something or Rudy Gay and kind of get away with it. But with no center, like real center as well, like they have a ceiling on how good they can be. They, they're really good when Aldridge is, like, having a random really good game. Like, they beat the Lakers when they were healthy, yeah. when they had Aldridge, because Aldridge scored 30. You know what I'm saying? And, like, he just had one of those games, like, he was, like, sh- like knocking down threes and stuff. But, you know, they kind of – I mean, you obviously have a ceiling with DeRozan anyway, but, you know, they don't really have a team to even really maximize that ceiling yet. Um, but they definitely have a trade to make because they have a lot of guards, like I said, between Patty Mills expiring – you know, Lonnie Walker, they drafted Devin Vassell, who's okay, I guess. I wish they had drafted someone else, like Halliburton. Um, but he's okay. You know, like I said, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, DeRozan, DeJounte Murray. Like, they have a lot of guys, like probably too many guys who play point guard or shooting guard, really. So they have a trade to make to send one of those guys for, like, a center or a, big, or a power forward or something like that. So, you know, I don't think I don't think that they'll make any moves during the middle of the season, though. Like this is kind of the team that they have, and they're they're fun to watch. You know, they try hard. They play deep, and decent. Defense. So you know, last year, I say that because last year was last year was pathetic. Last year, it hurt me to watch. It was awful. So like this year, you know, it's it. But I will say once they got to the bubble, Aldridge wasn't there. And so they started playing faster. Pop started playing the young guys more. See, it was awful last year because Pop was playing all the veterans, and they sucked. Like, he was playing Marco Bellinelli and Brent Forbes, and it was bad. Oh. But <laughs> bro, last year, last year, Brent Forbes had the third most minutes on the team. Brent what? Forbes. Yes. Forbes from Michigan State? <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I promise you, before the bubble, 
because he didn't play in the bubble either. Before the bubble, he was playing like 27 minutes a night. It was it was awful. Oh yeah, y'all deserve the stink. Y'all deserve. That's it. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's like the team. It's crazy that the team is much better this year. And they and the only moves that they made was not re-signing Brent Forbes and not re-signing Marco <laughs> Bellinelli. That's the only moves they made. It's crazy. I even had Marco Bellinelli last year. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the only <laughs> thing they did was not re-sign those two, and that allowed the young guys to come and take their minutes, and they're and they've been better automatically. Yeah. And they did nothing. They didn't. Well, as of right player. now, as of right now, who do you guys see uh, playing in the finals? Uh, Lakers, Sixers, probably. Mm. As of right now. I mean, the Nets are the wild card team. The Nets and the Bucks are not far behind. The Bucks are actually really good when they have their top three guys in. Their bench just is kind of trash um, because they traded everyone for Drew Holiday. Um, but that'll help them in the playoffs. They're like trying different stuff. Like I like that they're you know making Giannis a a roller to the basket. You know he's more Anthony Davis and less LeBron in terms of finishing versus dribbling and passing. You know what I mean? So. I like I like that they're doing that more. Like Drew Holiday's kind of helped him a lot, um, you know, over like Eric Bledsoe. Um, even though I like George Hill, but yeah, no, the Sixers. I mean, Embiid. If Embiid is playing, if he plays like this for the whole year, I mean, which he like, which we'll we'll just have to see as the year goes on. Um, but if he's playing like this, and like he's the most unguardable player outside of maybe Kevin Durant in the East for sure. So. I would probably say Philly, but like I said, the Nets, if they can, if they, the Nets have a move to make as well. Like if they got Andre Drummond or signed a big man. Well, they shouldn't have let Jared Allen go. They should have got rid of DeAndre Jordan. I think that would have benefited their team a lot. Obviously nobody wants DeAndre Jordan. Right. But either way, they need another center bad. Yeah. I would love to have Jared Allen on the Mavericks, man. I would love it. Jeez, so, I'd hey, love him on the I'd love him on the Spurs. So, <laughs> man, he showed us man, somebody finally showing us some respect, man. Shoot, it'd be hard. Well, I'm not. People showing Philly some respect, man. It's crazy. I think um, I'm looking at um, I'm gonna say Nets Lakers. I just think the Nets are such a powerhouse now. I mean, they're atrocious on defense, but I think, like you said, they have a. Um, they have a trade to make, but I like the role that James Harden is playing in the offense. Um, they have such a crazy big three that, you know, th- there's not going to be a game where n- not one player goes off. At least they have one option at all times, you know. So I think the Nets, I think they're just an offensive juggernaut and they're just going to power their way through, regardless of like their defensive liabilities. So I don't know. A part of me wants to say us. But the other part of me really wants to say, like, I think the Nets are just too overpowering. Like, I feel like it was just – I feel like, like, the most demoralizing thing I've seen, I think, was when they were playing who, – who did they just play where James Harden threw that full-court pass to uh, Jeff Green to basically end the game? Like, who were – does anybody remember who they were playing? No, I don't think I've seen that. I may have missed that one. I can't remember, but they were playing somebody, and the most demoralizing thing was James Harden went for a step back and missed it. The Nets got the rebound, threw it out. Kevin Durant caught the ball, wait for the offense to set up, and then took a two-step and hit a three in somebody's jaw. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that, 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 that's a killer. Like, that's, that, that would make me sad if I was playing. If I was, like, I, and I always think about it like that. If I was playing basketball in front of me, that would make – that particular play right there as a coach or a player would make me sick. Like, damn. 
I defended one short <laughs> and this type of shot. Then the other one pulls up right in my face and cashes out in my face. Like that's what I'm saying. They have one available option at all times. You know, <laughs> like that's scary. But that's at the like, same time, though, I look at our team, and I feel like we had like I feel like we would be able to beat a team like the Nets because no, I was thinking about that too. Check and beat. Like nobody's gonna check and beat on that team. So. Yeah. And if they, if they even try to bring Kevin Durant to come check him, then KD's going to get in foul trouble, so he's not going to be on the floor. We're not going to have it be check Durant. We're going to have him check some bum in the corner because, again, they have Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden, but the rest of the roster is buns. Like, Rodney was saying he believes in Bruce Brown. I don't I, – I still right, – I, I, I did not say that. <laughs> All I did was listen to people who were on the team that played minutes. Don't, don't be over here. I, I, I believe – you said and there believe were, in Bruce Brown were never in the same sentence. You said there Please were stop. six pe- there were six competent players on that team. I asked you the name of, and you said Bruce Brown was one of them. <laughs> no, I did not say that. Please stop. I'm not denying that I said his name. I did say his name, but that <laughs> he was not one of the six people who I was confident in. I was right. just running through the roster. You said because I remember we went down the list. You said K- KD, A- KD, Harden, and Kyrie, of course. Then you said Joe Harris. I said, yeah, that makes sense. I, we both agreed. Spencer Dinwiddie's hurt for the season, so he can't be in it. Right. And then I was waiting on the fifth, and you said, you know what? You might have said Bruce Brown being funny. Like that, I think that's what it was. Like maybe he was being funny when you said. There's, that. I was not. <laughs> no, I was all I was doing was running through the roster because I said oh. other people. Like I said TLC. Like I don't. He's no better than Bruce Brown. I wouldn't put him in there either. Nah, okay, okay, okay. I can see that. But yeah, no, that's I'm not saying. Like, like the rest of their roster stinks. Like, it's not about one of them having a bad. Jeff, Jeff Green is cool, but yeah, I mean, that's really it. I mean, still, I mean, but still, like, even with Jeff Green, like, he's not Jeff Green from like seven or eight years ago. He's Jeff Green now. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's, there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Jeff Green. Now, nah, he, he's been solid, though. He's been kind of solid. Yeah, bro, he's solid. He averages like eight, eight or nine points a game. Yeah, he's very solid. Like, there's absolutely nothing else. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I think he had one random game recently where like he went off for thirty. It was like maybe like last week or two, yeah, like, two weeks ago. That's yeah. great. You think that's gonna happen? You think that's gonna happen twice in the playoffs? Oh, it's not gonna happen once in the playoffs. Like that's one of those type of things. Like I just, I look at us playing the Nets. And I can see us beating them four times because when one of them has to go to the bench or two of them has to go to the bench, we're going to just stifle the one good player on the floor and make the rest of the bums beat us. Like, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, but it'll probably rarely be moments in the playoffs where, like, they'll be without two of the players. They know how thin they are. You know, they're just going to have to play a lot of minutes. And that's why they take so much time off now. Bro, but Except even with Kevin Durant, I don't think people, and that's the thing, I don't think people really understand how OC it is to average 40 minutes a game in the playoffs. And that's what Jimmy Butler did in the finals. He averaged like 44 minutes or some, or some shit like that. And you saw at the end of every game, he looked half dead. Like he really looked like he was about to till, like tip over. Yeah, but since they have three All-Stars, they don't necessarily have to average 40 minutes a game. You know what I'm saying? They could, if Steve Nash could figure out, like, some rotations, which he hasn't yet, um, but if he could figure out some, you know, cool rotations where you could have Kyrie and Kevin Durant and then, you know, take Kyrie out and put James Harden back in, you know what I'm saying, then take KD out, you know. So it's they, they don't necessarily – Instead of averaging 40 minutes, they no, they're gonna average, average, average thirty-five, bro. <laughs> that'll be okay, enough. You're <laughs> that'll be enough. <laughs> I get ten minutes with I get ten minutes with one of them. 
for each every game? Oh yeah, no, nah, they're, <laughs> they're gonna lose. Who you gonna press the ball to? Bryce Brown, Bruce Brown, whatever his name is. TLC. Bonnie, <laughs> now you, now you've been disrespectful, Bruh, I'm just being <laughs> honest. Like, look, man. All right, so but in the West, do y'all feel like what team do y'all feel like? You, you, are you guys putting your faith in the Clippers at all, or are we still waiting and seeing? Because I mean, they've been acting different. They've been shooting the ball like crazy. I still think Paul George is fraudulent, so there's always that. <laughs> Paul George gives no respect, man. He's a, he's a good player, man. But, nah, I don't believe in those uh, Clippers all the way. Kind of for the same reasons. I, I don't know. I've seen it before. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, we'll see. They are playing very well. They're very solid right now. Very good. Um, are they still at the top of the West? Or did the Lakers replace They're them? second right now. The Utah Jazz are actually Jazz are number one. Oh, the Jazz are number one. That's, well, who cares? They're not. <laughs> I don't think they're a finals contender, so that's a cool regular season accomplishment. But, nah, I still think the Lakers are coming out on top. I think they're going to walk away with it. They're going to walk the dog to the end of the season and go get to the finals. Like Who, the Lakers? Yeah. They're just – they're really so much better than most of the other Western Conference teams aside from the Clippers. And, I mean, I guess the Jazz, they're talented. Um, Jordan Clarkson's been going off. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think the only team that can really kind of give the Lakers any problems is probably the Clippers. But like you, like we said, like, it's hard hard to trust them, hard to take them seriously. Especially Paul. I mean, Paul George, at the end of the day, it's really just how good can Paul George be? Because to beat the Lakers, they would have to have him as a top, what, 15 player in the league. Definitely, you know, up there equivalent to what AD is doing for sure. Um, so, yeah, especially because they don't really have a point guard. Um, nope. So, we'll we'll see. Like I said, yes, big big wait and see vibes for, for the Clippers for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that thing I said, I think we, we covered everything. You know, this will be the last football thing we have, at least for a little while, till maybe to the draft, so we can get to, into the NBA a little more in depth. Um, you know, as as uh, time goes on, as we get into February, March, April, closer to the playoffs and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Any any last words? Uh, Lamar Jackson, twenty twenty one MVP campaign starts right now. <laughs> um, and that's about all I got. MB for president. I, I want MB to win MVP for real. I hope he can. Yeah, be I, I like MB a lot. I hope he wins MVP. Playing with a different chip on his shoulder this year. He got a kid. He got to be serious. <laughs> uh, I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife. No, Ronnie, chill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chilling, bro. I didn't say nothing. I'm gonna wait till till we turn it off, bro. Chill. I'm gonna wait till we turn it off. Man, all right, y'all. Before I get in trouble, let's get out of here. Uh, <laughs> all right, y'all.